Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. It is Championship Sunday. Welcome to TC Live at the U.S. Open. Presented by Evian, our one-hour post-game show to break down the men's final and wrap up an incredible two weeks of tennis at the year's final major. A new Grand Slam champion and world number one crowned just moments ago. Incredible scenes, his fate fulfilled. New York City turned into a teenage wasteland as Carlos Alcaraz wins his first major title and rises to world number one. The first teenager to win the U.S. Open in three decades and the youngest man to ever reach the top of the ATP rankings. What a moment for Carlos Alcaraz as we welcome you into our studios. Steve Weissman alongside Jan Michael Gamble. We've got John Wertheim as well. A lot to get to over the next hour as we break down a moment for tennis history. Jan Michael, uh, what are your re initial reactions after seeing what you just saw? Well, after playing the quarterfinal last year, that amazing quarterfinal uh, run that Alcaraz had, now he, here he is winning the U.S. Open and number one in the world. I mean, it's not often that both of those things are on the line in a single match, and him getting through that one, the way he played that match, it looked like he belonged there, and it's just exciting. It's an exciting time for tennis. John, you were there. Tell us, what, what's the atmosphere like inside Arthur Ashe Stadium? We have a 19-year-old that has won a lot of fans. It was a different kind of match than in the past when we've had a Djokovic and then Dahl and familiar faces. There was a sense that this was really a turning point for tennis and boy Alcaraz. And I think some of this is carryover from the three five setters in the previous rounds we'll talk about. Some of this is just fresh energy, 19 years old. Some of this is just passing the eye test. You just see the kid and you know he's good. You know he's good for the sport. And boy, this was uh, it, it was a weird match, but it was an electric match and uh, a lot of fans leaving happy right now. We knew heading in, one guy was going to be number one. One guy was going to be a first-time major champion. The second youngest final since Agassi and Sampras more than 30 years ago. Jan, Mike, take us through the first two sets. Yeah, Carlos starting out pretty well here. He got the early break. Boy, he was playing some great tennis coming forward. Nice volley there to put that point away. So he gets that break there. 40-30, he has a break point against him. Goes for the dropper. We know he's going to hit these drop shots from time to time. Big four at the line saves that difficult situation. Nice festive attire and those fans there. And 4-3 here, 30 all. Again, approaching the net. Another great volley. Such offensive tennis to start this match off. He came to play early in the first set and gets through that one fairly easily, 6-4. Well, tides changed a little bit in the second set. Rude came alive, you knew he was gonna play solid. Show off some good feel there. Nice lob. 
Carlos is there. He's there again. How about that? Couldn't track that one down. Amazingly, he usually gets to those shots. Reed doing some good volleying of his own. Amazing get again from Rude, showing off that great speed. He's there on that one. And the entire set, basically, of showreel-type tennis. It's a nice response from Rude. This break point here is set point as well. Not a great drop shot there from Alcaraz. Pays for it with the set. Rude evens it up. Two breaks for Casper Rude to take it to one set apiece, John. Early this morning, Alcaraz tweeted out a brain emoji, a heart emoji, and two eggs. Cabeza, Corazon, Cajones. His grandfather always told him to focus on the three Cs. He would get all of them. What were those two eggs? Well, we learned in the, uh, the latter two sets. What we have now is a best of three match, essentially, not just to win a first major, but to get to that number one ranking. And this continued to be tight tennis. We kept thinking that maybe Alcaraz's energy level would have to drop. He'd had these long matches in the previous three rounds. We've talked a lot about how they all ended after midnight. His body rhythms with a catch up with him, a drop in the second set, but then right back in the third. He broke to start this set, got broken later on. But look, this is just so, this is what we meant by fans delight tennis. I and mean, there were so many points like this, every nook and cranny of the court. Look where uh, Alcaraz ends up. He was uh, smiling as he got up. That one was a little wide. Drew, thumbs up from Jerry Seinfeld. And eventually we got to a breaker. Look at him pick that off and we go to a breaker and there was a real sense here that whoever won this breaker was going to win this match and that's essentially what happened Alcaraz all over this tie break he lost his previous four breakers at this event picked a good time to win his first and uh carried that momentum into the fourth set nice break of serve to give himself a little bit of cushion first aces and all pushed that wide Rude did which gave Alcaraz that break and then there was a, a sense of fate accompli there was a lot of scampering at 4-2 trophies getting moved out onto the courts leechers getting moved and uh, Alcaraz did his part very steady close here you see him use the whole court this last game where he served out biggest service game in his life but he did everything finally gets it with a service winner major number one and you get a strong feeling we're not nearly done counting guys it was all building to this moment for Carlos Alcaraz. Actually, first post-U.S. Open change at number one since 2003 when his coach, Juan Carlos Ferrero, got to the top spot. Those two with a lengthy embrace and the spoils to the 19-year-old Carlos Alcaraz, your new world number one and U.S. Open champion. Well, this is something that the... I dreamt of uh, since, I, since I was a kid, you know, to be number one in the world, to be champions uh, of a Grand Slam. Uh, this is something that I work really, really hard for. Uh, I mean, mm, it's tough to talk right now, a lot of emotions right now, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I try to, to achieve. Uh, all the hard work that uh, I did with my team, my family, that uh, took care uh, about me. I'm just 19 years old, so all the decisions, the top decisions are with, with my parents, my team as well. So uh, this is uh, something that, uh, yeah, is uh, really, really special for me.
Perhaps not a star is born, but a star shining brightest under the bright lights of New York City. Take a look at the stats, Jan. Mike, what stands out to you? I think there's a lot of big stats there that do favor Alcaraz throughout this four-set match. You know, that 74% is a good stat for getting a few free points on the first serve against the good return from Rude there. 55 winners is pretty impressive. You know, he plays offensive tennis alongside that, of course, 41 unforced errors that they didn't cost him when it counted. And down at the bottom there, those net points won. 34 of 45. That shows you how offensive he was coming forward and really executing very well at the net. Nearly 24 hours of tennis played throughout the fortnight, John. Uh, we talk about the city that never sleeps. Carlos Alcaraz didn't get a lot of winks during the two weeks of the U.S. Open. What impressed you the most with what he was able to do over these seven matches? I, I think that's just it. I mean, the, the fatigue just never got from 23 hours and 39 minutes, almost 24 hours on court. That, that's like a, that's like a full day of tennis. And it just never seemed as though his reserve flagged. I mean, there were there were three five-set matches, which isn't just a lot of time on court, but it's a lot of emotional bandwidth. And you just had the feeling he was said, look, I'll go for it. I can take a long siesta when this thing is over, but we're going to figure out a way. And he's talked in press about how he's gotten to sleep when the, the sun's already come up. I mean, he would rehydrate. He would feed himself here. When he played those long matches, he didn't just go back to the hotel and get out of here. He thought about recovery, even if it came at the expense of a few extra hours of sleep. And boy, I mean, I guess some of this is being 19, but some of this is also real professionalism. And you can see when he ran to his crowd, when he ran to his box and he ran to his team, they deserve uh, a big raise as well because I think they really helped him through this fatiguing tournament. Carlito certainly built different. Let's take a look at his run to the championship at the U.S. Open. And you see the ones that stand out, the back-to-back-to-back five-setters, Jan. Mike, he had to save a match point against Yannick Sinner, arguably one of the greatest matches of all time. Yeah, that match against Sinner. I mean, what more can you possibly ask for in that one? And again, yeah, he did save that match point there against Francis, another five-setter there. All these matches were could have been difficult. The first three got through fairly easy, but so much time on court. And I agree with Johnny. He was just so professional about it all. You never hear, hear him gripe about all those late matches whatsoever. He just did what it took to give himself the best opportunity to win, and he played you know, just a better match than Rude did here in the final. That matchup does favor him, but what a tough, tough road on the way there. Teenage kick smells like teen spirit. Take a look at what Charlie was able to do. First men's teenage major champion since another Spaniard, Rafa Nadal. That was 2005. The youngest player to ever get to number one. First teenager, fourth Spanish man to be number one. J.C. Ferrero, Carlos Moya, and Rafa Nadal. 51 wins, five titles this year. John, and always with a smile on his face. That's something you pointed out, a point he lost Still smiling. He yeah. loves this sport. He loves the sport. He loves to compete. And I think there is such a nice blend here. He gets it, right? He knows what the expectations are. He came to this event. He didn't come here to get to the second week. He came to take the trophy. And yet he goes about his business with such joy, with such freshness, with such enthusiasm. I mean, you just you, you watch him walk around on the grounds here, and there, there's just no false move. And it's a really nice sweet spot he's found between – I'm here to take the title. I'm not here to sit, sit here and get selfies and maybe make the second week. But the flip side is that you don't feel like he's exuding pressure. You feel like he, it sounds like a sports group, he's genuinely happy to be here. And now he walks off with the trophy. And the fans absolutely adore him. I mean, an absolute superstar for the sport of tennis. On the other side, Kasper Ruud, what a year he's had. And to get to number two in the world, something a Norwegian has never done 
runner-up, both Roland Garros and the U.S. Open, Jan Mike. Yeah, it's incredible what he's accomplished already. I mean, winning so many titles this time, another major final, two in one year, that's that's unbelievable. He deserves this number two ranking. I think that uh, he'll even probably improve on the grass in the future. This is a guy that we're going to see in a lot of finals, winning a lot of tournaments. You know, I just think tennis is safe. We have all these great new champions. We're, we're in great space with all these youngsters playing so well. We talk about professionalism, just such a steady professional route is. And he jumps now from seven to two, almost seven to one. That's a big jump for one tournament. Gets to the finals of the French. You, you play Nadal. What can you do? It's my first major final. This is a little different. This one will sting a bit more. But I think he's shown that uh, he's a real player to reckon with for many, many more years. You talk about professionalism. And obviously, with the big three Maybe, you know, towards the end of their era, both of these guys, Casper Ruud and Carlos Alcaraz, acknowledged the moment, September 11th, in New York City, gave their thoughts and prayers to all of those who lost lives and have been affected by what happened on 9-11. So uh, incredible thoughtfulness by both of these guys as well. Much more from Carlos Alcaraz and Casper Ruud as we continue to wrap up the men's final and the entire U.S. Open. Top two women in the world went at it yesterday. Found out how Iga Sviantek made more history, plus the best of the best from this epic fortnight. And we'll tell you which Evian Americans are at a new career high. Well, that new career high is number one for Carlos Alcaraz. We continue to celebrate the 2022 U.S. Open men's champion. TC Live at the U.S. Open is presented by Evian, proud sponsor of the U.S. Open. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome back, Carlos Alcaraz, the fifth U.S. Open men's singles champion in the last five editions and the 28th world number one in ATP rankings history. A reminder, Tennis Plays for Peace is an initiative to bring the tennis community and fans together to support relief efforts for the war in Ukraine through the Global Giving's Ukraine Crisis Relief Fund. To learn more, please go to globalgiving.org slash U.S. Open. Well, Serena Williams was certainly the story of week one at the U.S. Open, playing likely her final match in New York and perhaps all time. So it's fitting that U.S. Open champ Iga Sviantek sits down for our Tennis Honor Series. If I would have one message to Serena Williams, it would be just, you know, showing how much I appreciate uh, what she has done and how much grateful I am for doing everything so good, you know, because she shows us that it's possible and she shows us that there's hope for us that we can, you know, uh, win so many tournaments, but also be a mother and play at the same time and also have a really great business and play tennis at the same time and keep your focus. So her legacy is huge, so it's pretty hard to choose only a couple of things. <laughs> Agree with that when we come back. Three letters, two players, one title. Iga versus Ons. We'll break down the women's final at the U.S. Open.
here. The 21-year-old far and away the world's number one. To win a major, not playing your best tennis, that starts to become the sign of someone great. You heard the voice of Lindsay Davenport. Iga Sviantek joins Lindsay as the second woman in the open era to win her first three major finals in straight sets. She has won her past 10 finals in straight sets. Sviantek's seventh title of the year, first woman to do that since Serena Williams in 2014, and the youngest woman to win her third major title since Maria Sharapova in 2008. John, you think about this, how Iga Sviantek was really thrust into that top spot in the world when Ash Barty retired, and she has not only ruled the game, but perhaps with even greater dominance. I mean, what does that say to you? That's a great point. We haven't discussed enough, I think. Ash Barty retires, and it's sort of this battlefield promotion for Iga. And well, by process of elimination, she takes over the soft spot. Is it well-deserved? Boy, I don't know. A 37-match winning streak and two majors. And I don't know if you heard Lindsay's voice, but I think what she said was really relevant, too. She won this without even playing her top-shelf tennis. So we, we always talk about the, the fields are wide open, and there's an era of parody. Well, there hasn't been a lot of parody since Ash Barty retired because <laughs> – Iga has really filled that vacuum. She certainly has. Let's see how she got it done yesterday against Angebur. Just like the men, one versus two. Fifth meeting, they had split the previous four. Jan Mike Iga, the first top seed to get to the final here since Serena Williams back in 2014. Well, Iga with that first quick, kind of quick break there for 2-0, 30-15. Here's 40-15 with that big forehand. Well, Iga having to adapt, and Jabour finding a way back. Got that break back here, but another break point. So quick to come forward, all that good speed puts it away. Another break in hand. Pushes herself through the first set, 6-2. And again with the early break. <laughs> Just has the pass. Way ahead there, but guess what? Jabour is going to try to battle back into this one. Not enough on that, though. He pays for it there for the 3-2. Jabour with the fist pump. Putting herself in a position here to maybe do something in the second set. Gets to, to a tiebreaker. His 5-4. Big forehand again finds its mark. Forehand long. The rest is history. First hardcourt major title for Iga Sviantek and the first player to win two majors in a single season since 2016. It's something that I wasn't expecting for sure. It's also like a confirmation for me that sky's the limit. And uh, I'm, I'm proud, also surprised a little bit, and just happy that I was able to do that. To be honest with you, I have nothing to regret because I did everything possible and uh, I wish I served a little bit better today. It would have helped me a lot. But, um, you know, I, uh, you know Iga, how she plays in finals and uh, it, it's very tough to beat her. But, I mean, I, I will keep positive and, and work on the things that was missing today. Back-to-back -back major finals for Angebur. These are the top two players in the race to the WTA finals. Iga, Anz, and then how about the Americans? Jessica Pagula and Coco Goff. The race to Fort Worth, Texas. Tennis Channel will be there October 31st to November 6th as the top eight players in the world gather there. We talk about these two players and obviously Iga Sviantek dominating the game right now. 
10 finals, the past 10 finals, hasn't dropped a set. Arguably one of the game's greatest closers already, and she's 21 years old, Jan Mike. What does it take to bring your best tennis in those biggest moments? Well, I think what's interesting is sort of what Lindsay said, not playing her best tennis but still winning this event. Also, sort of griping about the balls. She didn't mm. like the balls coming in this event. They were playing a little bit faster than she liked. She didn't like that. I kind of liked that for her because her game's sort of designed for a slower court. It works so well with that big four and hits it heavy, likes the clay, obviously starting to play well on that surface first, has adapted well here. Uh, I'm not sure she'll ever play her best tennis on a faster hard court, but she still found a way to win. So that, that's the big key, isn't it? So it, it doesn't really matter if she can still find a way to win against these great champions. Uh, the sky is the limit. What stood out to you, John? Yeah, I think it's how she chose her spots. And we, we talk about sort of this this B, B-plus level tennis, but, you know, she, she was down 4-2 in the third set in the semifinals against Sabalenka. What did she do? She reeled off 16 of the next 20 points and won 6-4 and closed that out in about 10 minutes. She got off to a three-love start yesterday, gave herself so, some nice padding. She played through the rough spots. Three majors will get you in the Hall of Fame. She doesn't turn 22 until the French Open. And she, she <laughs> says the sky is the limit. I think Jen Mike's right. I mean, I think they're going to be surfaces that give her trouble. She's a former Wimbledon junior champion, but hasn't had great success there. But boy, this looks like a very, very bright career. And we had, I don't know if you saw on that, on that points list. I mean, the, the number two player is closer to zero points. Jabur is than she is to Ega at number one. I mean, she's just <laughs> lapping, literally lapping the field. And this has become in a fairly short amount of time, a dominant, dominant player. Yeah, same amount of wins as Ash Barty had back in 2019. Obviously, she will pass that at some point this year. Could have 60, maybe 70 wins this year. On the other side, Angebur, as mentioned, finals in back-to-back -back majors. What's your biggest takeaway from these two weeks? Well, she's adapted her well, her game so well to, to multiple surfaces and uh, one of the most likable players out there and uh, just has found ways to win some, some tricky matches, gets through them, has all these different tools. But I liked how she was playing on the hard courts, hitting her forehand big, driving it through the court often. Didn't use as much, as many drop shots, I don't think, in this tournament as we see her play on maybe other surfaces. Was smart about her play, adjusted it. She's one of those players that has like an A, B, and a C type of a game that she can sort of utilize in those, those tricky situations. She talked about her serve not being quite where she'd like to have it in a final. Maybe that's the one thing she can tweak. I think she's going to win some slams. She's getting closer. At 3.51 yesterday, nine minutes before she was supposed to go out on court, she was on the practice court, and it looked like she was playing her way through some nerves. She's been very, I think, admirably so. She's been very open about her nerves and how they impact her. We saw nerves get to her at that Wimbledon final. I think she needs to overcome that. She's very open about it. She's very outspoken about it. I mean, she, she's, I mean, honestly, she, she's vomited on the court during matches. She's been so nervous. I think that's something that she still has to reckon with. But the tennis is there, the variety is there, and you would think that all of her gears would give her a bit of sort of nerve cushioning just because she can go in so many different directions. By the way, a hat tip to the U.S. Open. They put a, a little tiramisu inside the trophy for Iga Sviantec, her favorite dessert. Wanted one potentially inside Roland Garros. Now she got one. The sweet taste of victory for Iga Sviantec. Well, the tweets are coming in as the tennis world responds to Carlos Alcaraz winning his first major. How about Rafa Nadal? Congratulations to Carlitos. First Grand Slam and number one, which is the culmination of your first great season, which I am sure will be many more. Great effort, of course, to Casper Ruud as well. Keep going. That's what we're going to do right here on TC Live, presented by Evian. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TC Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. John, Jen, Mike, and Steve back with you. TC Live at the U.S. Open presented by Avion. Taking a look at the Americans ranked in Monday's top 50. Eight American men will be in the top 50 tomorrow, and the top three will all be at career highs. Taylor Fritz. At 12 in the world, Francis Tiafo will make his top 20 debut. And Tommy Paul breaking inside the top 30 in the world. See Corda and Brooksby there at 49 and 50. Most of any nation in the top 50. Our segment, Evian, Americans in Action. And let's start with Francis Tiafo. One of the biggest stories over the past two weeks, John. This is the first American man to make the semifinals at the U.S. Open since Andy Roddick, the first black American man to do it since Arthur Ashe did. Michelle Obama was there. NBA stars were there. This was massive for our sport, John. Yeah, let's also point out he did it by beating the guy who's won the most majors in history. He beat Rafa Nadal, and I think just as significantly followed that up with a really strong performance over another top 10 player, over Rublev, couldn't quite get over the hump in an electric five-setter against Alcaraz, who went on to win the tournament. That's a loss that you can certainly live with. A very, very strong tournament for Francis. Jay, Mike, that win over Rafa Nadal, massive for Francis to be able to do that in the stage, Arthur Ashe Stadium, New York City. What stood out most to you about his run at the U.S. Open? Well, that match right there was just a huge match and how he played the first, uh, the third and fourth sets. Started extremely well. Rafa made a nice little comeback in that match, started to pour the pressure on. Francis didn't get tight. He played better and better. Mm. How many times he came to the net and the pressure he was able to put on uh, Rafa, who still moves so well, taking some of those balls out of the air, all the great volleys he hit on such big points, you know, break points, all these big moments. He was sort of there putting the pressure on, hit his forehand better than ever, ever seen him hit it, served better by far than I've ever seen him serve. He loves the stage. More big things in store for Big Foe. Uh, for Tommy Paul, continued the best season of his life as well. Deepest run at the U.S. Open. Had a five-set win over Seb Korda. And then took the finalist, Casper Ruud, to five sets as well. Uh, what's he improved the most, John? I think he's just learned how to keep winning. I mean, there's, there's a level of professionalism that has really settled in. He's such a good athlete. There's really not a lot he doesn't do well. He's become a very good fighter. I'm very bullish on, on Tommy Paul. And again, a five-setter against the guy who's a top-ten player and uh, reaches the final is not a bad loss either. Very nice season, Tommy Paul. You take a look, most wins in a single year, best result to me. He had never played a major match at Wimbledon before. That was huge for TP, the wins over top 10 players, and just getting deep in events, Jen Mike. 
Yeah, he's really, you know, I think when, when he paired up with Brad Stein, started taking things a lot more seriously. His off-court stuff, doing even harder work. Instead, of, he, he is an incredible athlete. He's all this talent, but has sort of harnessed it. And now he's playing better. He's hitting his forehand a little bit bigger. He's already so consistent. One of the better and faster guys on the tour. He's serving smarter, not just kicking his serve from time to time. He's actually going for the big serve, which he possesses. So starting to put some pressure on people. He's got a great return of serve. It was the backhand that sort of came first. And now he's hitting his forehand well mm. too just putting tons of pressure on his opponents that equals top 30 yeah it does. it does 29 in the world right now and rising right I, I think he could be top 15 top 10 we'll see with tommy taylor fritz is your top ranked american right now disappointing u.s open had the loss to his fellow american the first round brandon holt son of tracy austin taylor actually said quote i feel like an idiot for thinking i could win this thing so what's your takeaway for Fritz? Well, just that comment right there is a takeaway. You know, you can't be thinking ahead in these tournaments. That's, a, that's not what these guys that are getting far in the draws are doing. You're taking one match at a time. you got to learn from, the, from Rafa Nadal, the guy with the most titles. He takes it one at a time. Next, next, next. Uh, still a fantastic year. Looking at some of the stats from the year from Taylor Fritz getting through and winning Indian Wells. What an accomplishment that was. Huge deal for him. Won Eastbourne again. That was his first title. He won it again this year. So two titles. One of them Masters 1000. No, those are not easy, easy titles to get a hold of. No, I mean, he's checking off boxes. That, these were things he wanted to do this year, John. Make a major quarterfinal. Did that at Wimbledon. Obviously, the disappointment in New York. But what kind of motivation do you think Taylor gets from seeing a, a, a fellow guy like Francis Tiafoe right around the same age getting to the Final Four with chances of maybe winning the whole thing? Yeah, this is the cluster effect that we, we talk about a lot. And uh, it's great that the American players, are their comrades, their buddies, they post on Instagram together, but they, they know who's moving up and who's moving down. It was not, I'm sure, lost on Taylor Fritz that Francis got to the semis and sort of ignited this crowd. And, you know, th these seasons are long. They're filled with highs and lows. You, you win Indian Wells. Taylor Fritz had a, you know, a five-set defeat at Roth and Wimbledon, a much different kind of defeat here, losing to a qualifier who he knew well, but plenty of motivation to bounce back and all in all a very very solid season for Taylor still an opportunity to make the year-end finals so we'll see what happens with Taylor Fritz but you lose in the first round and you're still at a career high <laughs> not too bad if you're the Americans right now the top three at career highs and then there's guys in the top 100 below the top 50 at career highs as well impressive stuff from the Americans like JJ Wolf I know you like him when we come back it is a must-see from the concrete jungle if you can make it in our best of the best you can make it anywhere. Dreams will be made on TC Live next. Great to have you back with us. What a week. What a tournament. What a fortnight. A reminder, usopen.org is your online home for point-by-point -point live scoring highlights, real-time stats, and draws. Visit the official tournament site at usopen.org. Sad to see this tournament go. Uh, time, though, for some more highlights. Our world-famous doubles report. Just one single match. We've got our own Taylor Townsend teaming up with Katie McNally going for their first major title against the Czech duo of Katarina Siniakova and Barbora Krejcikova. Jay Mike looking to complete a career grand slam. They are, but they had a tough first set go against them there. McNally and Townsend started out very well, of course. You can expect number three seeds to step it up, and that is exactly what they did. Took a 7-5 in that second set. Here, 2-0. Athletic maneuver there. Krejcikova with the forehand. You do not want to give her that forehand. She has that roller. She'll hit it all day long. X 
excellent third set. And the career grand slam is a reality. Career grand slam, career golden slam. They, they have done it all. I mean, this Czech duo is so impressive. Six major title, first at the U.S. Open. Really good stuff. But a year ago, John, Taylor Townsend was working with us. I was lending her rackets and setting up hits with college players. Now she's a major finalist at the U.S. Open. I mean, what a year for Taylor to do this and get really close to that first Grand Slam. We, we used to joke about it, that it was great motivation to get back out there when people have to work at tennis. I, I think there are enough data points that we can say this is a causation and not just correlation. But no, Taylor Townsend is just such a terrific doubles player. She has the hands. She has the creativity. This team came really, really close to stealing this title and beating the best team in the business. A very close second set. Then it got away from them a little bit, but still, Taylor Townsend, McNally, a lefty-righty thing going on, and I think this is a team, if they stay together, they could really do some damage. Great to see Ta Taylor look good in singles as well. Great to see her back. Tay, we love you. Well done. And by the way, hat tip to Katie McNally. Back-to-back -back U.S. Open doubles finals. Was there with Coco Goff mm -hmm. a year ago with Taylor Townsend today. She's becoming the Jack Sock of the women's story. Team her up with anybody, and you have a good chance of winning the title. Uh, the tennis just keeps going on. Davis Cup is next, <laughs> and you'll be calling some of the action this coming week. Team USA is headed off to Scotland. Group D, Glasgow. Uh, they've got Great Britain. They've got Kazakhstan, the Netherlands. They're playing Wednesday, Thursday. Day and Saturday, Team USA. And the roster is going to be Taylor Fritz, Tommy Paul, Jack Sock, and Rajiv Ram. Tiafo has withdrawn after his U.S. Open run. And the acting captain is Bob Ryan, who is filling in for Marty Fish. We hope you feel better, Marty, is recovering from COVID. What do you make of this squad, Jim, Mike? Well, I think it's tough. I think we have a really good squad. I think they have a great shot. We have a great doubles team there, a couple of great singles players. So that's going to be in our favor, but uh, they have some tough matches. Great Britain is going to be very good with Evans, Norrie, Murray, Salisbury on that team. So that's a, that's a tough one. And the Netherlands are going to be tough as well. I think they got Kajistan. It's uh, not quite as tough of a team as the others, but uh, it's going to be fun to watch them. Netherlands is tough. They got Botzik van der Zanschulp, uh, Tim van Rijthoven. Uh, this is a tough, tough little section here, John. It really is. But this speaks to the sport of tennis and how tough it is for 11-plus months of the year, these guys are coming straight from the U.S. Open and now going halfway across the world to play a big-time team event. I was joking with, with Rajiv Ram wins the doubles, defends his title, and now, exactly, the calendar never stops. Now you're crossing an ocean. Suddenly another intense event. It's Davis Cup, and he may have to face off against his doubles partner, Joe Salisbury, who, uh, who plays, plays for Great Britain. That English team is really interesting. I mean, you have Cam Nori, you have Dan Evans, you have Murray. We saw here that uh, Jack Draper took out Felix Auger-Aliassime. So this is also a chance for teams to show their depth. But uh, tennis rolls on in Davis Cup with Bob Bryan filling in his next for a uh, number of Americans. Love that. Bob Bryan and Mike, obviously the Bryan brothers, legends in Davis Cup were part of that team 2007 that won for Team USA, last Team USA to win. Uh, Tennis Channel has you covered. The tennis goes on. We love it. That's why we're here for you. Tuesday, coverage of Davis Cup right here on Tennis Channel as we continue to wrap up the U.S. Open from New York. Carlos Alcaraz posing with the ball kids and the trophy. He's almost, I, I bet you some of those kids are older than he is. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Incredible! That's just big hitting there. Oh, that's an amazing point. Oh my goodness. Mark that down for best of the best. Kisses the line on the way by. Oh, come on. Oh, no. Stop it. Oh, man. Now we've just had this moment of madness. How about this reaction here from Kamal to that? Watch as he goes down on the ground and makes it, and then again stays down. Another reaction. said that's what they came to see <laughs> Robbie Koenig on the call that was good I mean wow. it doesn't get better than that the best of the best and no. he is now the best of the best <laughs> that's a very good point <laughs> number one in the world Carlos Alcaraz but we have one more play that we think maybe deserves an honorable mention Alcaraz and Jensen Brooksby Jan Mike yeah, this time Alcaraz coming up short on this point. If you can believe it or not, he, the ball he couldn't track down and find a way back, but he did get that forehand. Brooksby down, but he got back up. Not a great approach shot oh. there. I don't know what Alcaraz is thinking <laughs> after running down all those shots. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty good stuff. I, I think they could have taken number four. Yeah, I, I think that this, maybe they didn't want to give Ooh. Alcaraz all the best <laughs> of the best. Exactly. <laughs> That's good stuff from Jensen Brooksby. Top 50 American and rising. All right, what's trending on social media? It's our own guy. Big congratulations to John Wertheim being honored at the Legends oh. Ball in New York City, the Gene Scott Award. John, tell us all about it. I thought we were going to do best of the best, and we were going to talk about and, and that's shots, why we're talking about it. This was a lovely event. 
now. This was a uh, this was a lovely event Saturday night. It was really an honor, and uh, Dean Scott was a fearless, trailblazing, truth-telling tennis journalist, and it was really an honor to uh, receive an award named in, in his honor. Rick Astley, Debbie Gibson, uh, wh- wh- who were you more yeah. excited to hear sing? <laughs> Well, Bill, Bill Whitaker, uh, one of my idols, was the MC. But, uh, yes, we had Rick Astley and Debbie Gibson were the musical guests. It was a really fun evening, a tennis channel contingent, Ken Solomon, Martina on hand. It was, uh, it was, it was a lovely night. Well, congratulations. Well-deserved, John. All the accolades. We're, ne- we're never going to give you up, <laughs> as Rick would say. <laughs> Uh, and then we had this really cool installation at the U.S. Open this year, Jen, Mike. You saw this uh, on site. There was an artist who was making players' faces out of Rubik's Cubes. Yeah, I walked by this a uh, couple of times, and they were, he was doing a different faces, I think, every day. <laughs> That's amazing of Francis there. This guy is a truly impressive individual. He can just do that. There's owns. Yeah, it stopped and watched him do this a little bit. It was incredible. Be fun to get one. We need to go in. Would three. love that. Would love to get John. Exactly. How fast can you solve a Rubik's cube? I feel like you're really yeah. good at that. Yeah, about as long as Carlos Alcaraz plays a tennis match. <laughs> uh, Twenty-three hours and forty minutes. Look at that, though. We, I, we have I, a, I, a Hungarian tennis champion. That's incredible. I mean, it's amazing. That's so cool. And and fans were able to to, to get in. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz, the new king. Yes, indeed, King Carlos the second of Spain. We had Moya. Now we've got Alcaraz, a new We're ready with king. that one quick. Yeah, I mean, listen. Yeah, right, right. He, he is trending, and he will be for a long time. Just 19 years old, the boy king, Carlos Alcaraz. Back with more after this. TC Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Cadillac. Be iconic. Well, with the majors done, it is on to the chase for the championships. All the action live on Tennis Channel over the next three weeks. From Davis Cup to Labor Cup to new events in India and Tel Aviv, we are your home for the world's best as they race to make the year-end finals. It's not over. Majors may be done, but there are some major events still to come. Uh, You heard the music, John. You've got a very special, I hear, stat of the day. This is not going to be about Ego winning her last 10 <laughs> sets in finals or time on court for Alcaraz. It is Jordan Leeski, our man in graphics. And we have to carry that. 36 straight days working at Tennis Channel. Jordan wow. does great work. He does a lot of behind-the-scenes work of making us look way smarter than we are. Lovely Kali, thumbs up to you, Jordan Leeski. 36 straight days. You and Carlos Alcaraz both <laughs> earned yourself uh, a week's off. Our graphics producer and operator extraordinaire, but he does it all by himself. 36 straight days, comes up with all the creative puns that you Brought see this out for him. at the top of the screen. That's the cape? Yeah. Yeah. The Serena cape? Uh, it, it's his cape. It's his cape. Yeah. Diamond encrusted. <laughs> we need to, to get <laughs> some stuff there for Jordan. Diamond. We need to get some diamonds put on there. Uh, it, it's the people that make this work so much fun. And Jordan, Jordan's one of those guys, and he just puts in the hard yards. Good stuff. Uh, listen, it's been two weeks. It's been... A brand new U.S. Open champion on the women's side and a brand new U.S. Open champion and world number one on the men's side. 
What's your what's your big takeaway from the U.S. Open, Jim, Mike? I think it's really hard to have one big takeaway. It, it started for me with the excitement centered around Serena Williams yep. being there and, and, and playing this event. No one knew how well she would play. Hadn't played amazing going into this event. Played herself into the tournament. Almost got through that third round against Tomjanovic. Had chances there. That was sort of the first week. And all the people that turned out, it was crazy the amount of people that were in the stands. It was so fun to be a part of that and to, to see it happen. Second week for me is, is Alcaraz. He, he, he was my pick for the, for the, to win the tournament. So thank you, Carlos, for, <laughs> for making that happen. Um, but it's so exciting to see this young champion and it sort of come into his own. It, it seems like he was destined to be there. Here he is. Um, youngest number one. That's just crazy. And uh, um, second youngest champion to win this tournament. So he's done so much and such an exciting player to, to, to watch. He just sort of rubs off on everyone, smiling when he misses a shot, just tries so hard. He's just such a great example of a great champion. He certainly is. I, I believe Ian Eagle now owes Jim Courier <laughs> dinner because they made a bet uh, 10 years ago that it, would there be a, another teenager to win in the next decade? And Jim said there would be. I'm Ian sure, said no. I'm sure Jimbo's got a good restaurant picked out as well. There, it's going to be a, a big steak, <laughs> like, like 30, 32 ounces. Uh, John, when you, when you write your wrap-up column, the 50 takeaways, you know, on SI.com that I, I'm looking forward to the tweet so I can retweet when it comes out, what, what's going to be at the top there? Yeah, I think similar to Jan Mike. I mean, we, we talked about Serena in week one. You know, she, she's not retiring. She's evolving. You know what else is evolving? Tennis. And what we saw on the women's side was a dominant champion who now has twice the points of the number two player in the world. We're talking about Iga Svantec, who's won two of the last three majors. And then on the men's side, I think we all have been saying it's, it's a question of when and not if for Carlos Alcaraz. But I don't know if we saw that coming so soon as a teenager in 2022 and I feel like tennis is leaving this tournament at a very different place than it entered and yet I think we can all be really optimistic as we spin forward. Tennis is in a great spot. None of the big three or Serena reaching the quarterfinals of a major for the first time in nearly two decades and yet we've got bright new stars, fresh storylines and a teenager at the top of the tennis landscape and here's Carlitos tweeting I'm at a loss for words right now. I just want to keep dreaming. Concrete jungle where dreams are made, Jim, I. Uh, the guy just keeps saying the right thing and uh, found the way to get through this difficult match. You know, it's a tough guy, Rude. You know, he's adapted as well, his game well to the hard courts. Alcaraz raised his level again. An incredible two weeks. John, well done once again. Congratulations on the award. Look forward to seeing you soon, Jan. Mike, always a pleasure to see you. Great job on the World Feed there and joining us for the final TC Live. That's fun. Big thanks to our entire Tennis Channel crew. An awesome two weeks. Our producer, Mark Huska. Our director today, Carlos Logan. For John Wertheim and Jan Michael Gamble, I'm Steve Weissman. Thanks for watching TC Live at the U.S. Open. Carlos Alcaraz is your king of queens.